0: Everybody, be cool. You,
3: be cool. Some people lose their faith because heaven shows them too little. But how many
2: people lose their faith because heaven shows them too much? These guys are trying to make me a fall guy. Everybody's screaming for blood, and all of a sudden I'm in. Honey, we're in the living room. We need you to kill a spider. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Who is that? I don't know.
1: Is everybody okay? Oh, there was an animal. You're
3: bleeding. It's not mine. From page to scream. Oh right, so where the hell do we start? What have you been up to then, Steve? Since the last time
2: we uh, we recorded. Uh, me just tons of work and the gym constantly. That that that's it. Keeping fit and just work. I go to the gym at least four times a week on top wow. of my job, my daily job, on top of doing three podcasts.
3: Huh. How's the video game one coming
2: along? Yep, once a fortnight. Still, it's enjoyable What's... to do because do too many movie things. So I thought about time to do video something video game related. So that, that's good. And I'll be going to my first convention at the end of the year. First oh. ever convention. Which one? EGX in Birmingham. Very nice. So, yeah, so the first ever convention. I've never been to a convention before. Ever. Never, ever. Wow. So it'll be my, my first one. So it's a travel town to Birmingham. Um, it happens on my birthday, so Yay. it's a, it's a bit of an excuse to have a few milks glasses of milk Sorry. or something i couldn't my, uh, i couldn't think of anything there and i'm just i would just the only <laughs> thing i could think of was the thing that's right in front of my face because i got a glass of uh soy milk right in front of me and that's the only thing i could think of milk
3: my uh, tip for the comic cons uh, or the games con is take a couple of cereal bar, bars or whatever with you in your backpack and uh, make sure you take a bottle of water with you and definitely wear comfy shoes
2: i'm definitely That's going to do the bottle of water thing cereal bars yep. i'll probably not do because i don't have breakfast anywhere and so that i'm fine i think i'm fine with that kind of stuff so the cool. cereal bars i'll not do the water, i will definitely do
3: because you find that those things it's like oh can i have some chips please like no problem i'll be nine pounds you're like
2: what yeah um so they can be The hotels that I've been looking at. See, I'm one of these people who plans and plans and plans. uh, The shows that we do, I've always got notes down. In my show, I've always got multiple notes down. So I plan. I'm already looking for hotels already, and it's not until September. So I look at it going, what kind of uh, features do they offer? Do you get breakfast with it? What kind of food do they offer? How cheap is it? How expensive is it? By the looks of things, I think the hotel food will be cheaper than what it is at the cons. So yeah. most likely, yeah. Or just get a bag of chips yeah. from a local chip shop and then go into the con.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Just, you know, eat before you go in. That's the key. Meet, yeah. up,
2: with a f- meet up with a few friends at the end of the day and just have some food in a bar. Yep. It's that exactly.
3: simple. But definitely comfy shoes and a bottle of water. Mm-hmm. And then make sure your phone's charged up and you've got some sort of thing to document i mean you could do a mobile podcast you yep. could uh, mic yourself up and record from there and i'm, well, I'm sure
2: you've thought i'm of all planning that, so. to um uh, record some stuff because i've got a decent phone so i'll make sure that it's properly charged i'll get one of those little um, portable power charges as well
3: why don't you apply for a press pass
2: um i'm going to try that uh so i'm gonna ask mark from following the nerd the other show that i do uh, with yep. him being in charge of that website I'm gonna ask them if there's any chance he's able to put a word in for me to try and get a press pass of some kind. Yeah yep. and I'll see uh, uh, what I'll do then is I'll cover um, I'll cover it for you for at least two days.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could do it on. You could cover it for following the nerd. You could cover it on a special for yours. You cover it on a special for mine. They'd be crazy not to chuck a breast box. Well,
2: it, it will definitely be a special on the video game show that I do, and you're more than welcome yeah. to, to have a show from me as well if you need it. But I'll, I'm gonna uh, speak to Mark uh, if he, there's any way he can do that. If not, it's only going to cost me thirty pound for the four days, because it's one. Yep. It's not too expensive. It's normally only sixty pound anyway. But if you're a Virgin Media customer, which I am you get it for half price so for 30 pound for four days of access to the latest video games and technology and stuff like that that, that's actually worth it
3: that's not bad when you compare it to a thousand dollars for the full length of san diego comic-con yeah (laughs) wow but i'm not even going into the (laughs) whole because
2: you'll go rant heavy
3: i will go rant heavy yep um but yeah so horror stuff uh, where do we start where shall we start steve you've got loads of news so i've got a little bit of news
2: yeah and we'll start with your little bit of news then
3: i have actually no,
2: befo- before no. you do that though I- i'm just going to interject how was the interview with pollyanna mcintosh last night
3: it was all right weren't it lauren yeah it was pretty great <laughs> anyway anyway the news no i'm kidding no it was amazing it was cool it
0: was wonderful it was
3: really good. Ran for about an hour and a half
0: such a down-to-earth wonderful wonderful woman just comes across so naturally it felt like I was talking to a friend which is the key to this show I think whenever we get a guest on no matter what caliber of celebrity you want to peg them at I think it's really important but it's just so casual and friendly broken down and stripped and just a genuine conversation so it genuinely felt like I was talking to a friend
2: I can't. I can't wait to listen to it because I'm, I'm eager to to hear what the conversation you had with her and how in depth you go with her through her career and because she seems like a very intelligent actress, like the way yeah, she chooses she does, her roles yes. and that's the it. fact that she's she's not um she's not scared of taking something that's quite controversial or quite harsh or. She really wants to get her teeth into the role that she's doing. No pun intended with the woman, but <laughs> it it's sort of, she seems like that when you watch her in on um, in her films, everything from exam up to the woman up to uh, everything white settlers etc. So I'll gladly listen to that. Just wait for it to come out, but it's nice to actually hear that she was really easy to speak to.
3: I think the hardest part was not going in depth in every single film she's been yeah. in because she's been in that many films. I wanted to chat to her about. I just, you know, we couldn't. We'd have been there for hours and hours and hours. And bless her, she'd only had four hours sleep that previous night as well because she'd been out partying. So, you know, maybe she don't get that much sympathy because she'd been out yeah. tearing the town apart. So. But no, it was really, really good. So nice. that, was, that was good. So, yeah. Um, yeah, news-wise, there is a film called K-Shop coming out, which is a British film. They, they dropped a Red Band trailer. And it's kind of like a Sweeney Todd type looking thing and it's about a guy who sort of chops people up puts them in kebabs nice. so
1: very, very British very,
3: very British um, so yeah there's a Red Band trailer for that out and about you can find that on my website
2: I really do so. hope that by the sense of it there is some comedy involved in that because if that, they the taking that film very straightly then there's something wrong there
3: no, I think it is because the people who get chopped up and put in kebabs are the sort of drunk people that stagger into kebab shops and generally annoy the staff. So it's that sort of tongue-in-cheek and tongue-in-kebabs and all that yeah, sort of...
2: Good Because there's, um, so. there's a couple of films. There's a Japanese film, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, which is about a woman who kills people and puts them in soups and feeds it to people, but that's played seriously. So I, wow. I don't think that kind of movie, though, you can play it seriously because for some reason it just doesn't work. It always seems to play more of a comical kind of thing, especially on a kebab. Yeah,
3: definitely. <laughs> Even the premise, you just sort of chuckle. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> that
2: sounds. It's fun. not going to work in America because they're going to look at it. What? A I, they probably do have kebabs, but kebab? They're going to have chili or garlic sauce with that, I wonder. They
3: will. Yeah,
2: that's what I have when I have kebab, chilli and garlic sauce. My friend that's, has um, yeah. garlic sauce with curry sauce over the top. Oh wow! Just sounds yeah. really wrong, and he's been persuading me to try and get a kebab with the chilli and uh, with uh, the garlic sauce and the curry sauce over the top. But I going to hate me.
3: It would all this work you're doing at the gym. Forget it. What's the point? You know this kebab would just kill you.
2: Yeah. And in that so. case, for the, by the sounds of it, that film, the kebab will definitely kill you.
3: It <laughs> will do. I don't know when the release date it. is. It's sometime this year. So uh, keep an eye on that one. Um, I did listen to another podcast, the latest episode of the Bind Torture cast, and they had Paul Hyatt on it. Looky there. Which was amazing. Um, so I'm kind of jealous. because I spoke to Chris, who is the one behind Bind Torture cast, and I went, great episode. I was going to have Paul on this show, but you've pretty much asked him all the questions that I would have asked him. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, So I'm going to ask him if I can syndicate that episode, and then we'll have Paul Hyatt once Heretics comes out later on. Uh, But they go in-depth in everything. They review the Seasoning House, they review Howell. Then they bring Paul Hyatt on, who's who's there for at least 90 minutes and just tells a whole ton of stories. So I'm very envious of Chris. Um, But I'd sort of check that episode out. But I'm going to try and get it on this feed at some point.
2: Yeah, and if Uh, we do manage to get him, at least you'll have me and Lauren, so two other different sets oh, yeah. of questions etc.
3: Well Paul said he will appear on the show because I left a comment on Facebook, I'm like great episode uh, the show next, anyway, yep, therefore.
2: Awesome. So I'll definitely be there for that oh, one touch definitely. Uh,
3: Walking Dead's back on, mm. anybody watching it? No. Nope. Me? Nope. Nope, me neither never mind, mid-season finale yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, X-Files finishes on the 22nd of February I'm um, I've watched the first one, Same I here. haven't seen the other ones yet I'm going to binge watch them
2: Probably. So I've got a week, um, well I've got 10 days away from work in the first week of March, so I'm off from the 5th to the 15th so I've got enough time to actually watch something
3: Yep. Lauren, you up to date with the old X-Files?
0: X-Files. No haven't yeah. started it yet, haven't started the, the new season obviously Um, I, funny enough I kept seeing them work but uh, it was being advertised for Channel 5 Yep. And uh, I thought, fuck, I really need to catch up on that. But
3: yeah. Six episodes shouldn't be too hard to binge watch. Though, but should from really?
2: what I've been hearing, it's not very good.
3: No, I've heard the first one, which I've seen. First one's pretty good. Second one's all right. Third one apparently is divided. People either love it because it's crazy That's and
2: weird. That's what I like, though. I like the, di- the episodes that divide people. But the first one I didn't find very good, to be honest. I found it just, it, it picked Everyone's too much apart. That.
0: Yeah, everyone said that, it didn't have any of the charm or charisma
2: No, it just didn't, it felt like it was undoing everything that the previous nine seasons did And just the way it was actually plotting out just didn't fit with the X-Files it, It's like Fox thought we need to bring this show back No matter the, the quality of the script or the quality of what, what's going to happen Because we know it's going to do very well And th- that's the way the first episode felt to me Yeah, so we shall see yeah. if
3: it. We'll see if it comes back for a season eleven. Who knows?
2: I think Fox do so. want to try and persuade um, them to make a, another season after it, but it's just down to the fact that David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson want to do that because they don't want to be lumbered with no, being known as Fox Mulder and Dana Scully all their lives. They, they got away yeah. from that after finishing with the X-Files, and they probably thought, well, that's it, that's the last time I'm going to be playing that, but obviously getting plagued with, when they go to conventions, when are you going to play Dennis Scully or Fox Mulder again? They're always going to get constantly asked that question.
0: I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, but they have impacted so many people's lives that they want them to be these characters, you know. I mean, Daniel Radcliffe, you know, Harry Potter, he's... um you know, he's in a number of different films and yet everyone still calls him Harry Potter or um Sarah Michelle Geller is always going to be Buffy. It depends on whether or not that role impacted your life. So I would never there say that they would get annoyed by it. There,
2: there has cool. to be a slight cut-off point, though, because you can just... Uh, it might start a slightly great on you because when Daniel Radcliffe's in his 40s, if he's still going to be known as Harry Potter, it, it might actually start getting to you. So... If I was if I was an actor and I was, I was sort of like cast like that, it'd be nice to be recognised for something that I've done in the past. But I would still think that I'm away from that now.
3: One of my first ever guests on the podcast was a British actor, and he played a very very small role in Only Fools and Horses, and it was like one episode. And to this day, people still quote his dialogue back. And when I spoke to him, I said, "Does it ever get annoying?" That people quote you, might like, You know what? As an actor, it's nice to be remembered for something, whatever it is.
0: Absolutely, exactly.
3: Uh, but yes, uh, I'd be more inclined to ask David Duchovny about Californication. I want that show to come back because that was awesome. So, and uh, Gillian Anderson about The Fall, or just get her to talk about how awesome Straight nope, is
2: No, not going to happen. <laughs> so
3: yeah, so that's my news anyway. So, i what is going on.
2: Um, Lauren, do you have any?
0: Yes, um, I just well, just a little bit. I wanted to um, talk about trailers for The Witch and Green Room, just wanted to give them a shout out because they've both got me very, very excited. And um, more importantly, uh, there's a little bit of Hellraiser scandal with uh, Doug Bradley, he um came out recently with a letter saying that he basically, long story short, in no way endorses the new Hellraiser and um, is was it was a very sarcastic, like um, very firm sort of letter. Um, I wish I actually kept it to be able to quote it, but um, basically he's not too pleased about there being a new Hellraiser. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it was things like... Not, um-
0: it's not going to be in
2: it. Yeah, it was things like, for instance, for him to be in it, he read the script and he was told not to divulge anything from that script yeah. or any, any anything whatsoever about his character or what Pinhead did, or and he wasn't happy with that. He wasn't happy the, with the way the studio w- was going to handle it. Obviously, he wasn't in the previous Hellraiser film, Revelations, but he wasn't happy the way they were actually going about it. So he said no.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow. Which, well, <laughs> His letter is actually online as well at Dread
2: Central. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, yeah it's, it's called Hellraiser Judgment, and Heather Langenkamp is going to be in it. So her from um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. So she she's going know- to be in it. And it's going to be directed by the guy who did the FX art on the previous, I think, four ones, four or five from Inferno upwards. So that that's not a good thing, because when an FX artist goes over to direct... And it's definitely not a good thing. You look at the FX artist for Alien versus Predator, they went off to direct Skyline. Huh. Yep.
3: <laughs> not, a good no, not, a good,
2: not a good movie. Not a good movie at all. So it, it can't be as bad as Revelations because that was an atrocity. It's still never been released over here, Revelations. Um, it took something like eight years to release the one um, Hellworld over here. So we've not got Revelations, and you should be glad that we don't have Revelations because it's just really, really horrendous. So it cannot be as bad as that. There's a possible the chance l- it might be.
3: The last one I saw was Hellraiser 3, so I'm way behind on Pinhead. Yeah, heads. you've got
2: Inferno and Dead Air and Hellworld and Revelations. And yeah. yeah. I've seen them all. I don't know why. What do
3: you think about Doug Bradley doing? Like, Really, you're going to do an open letter... Just just get, get over yourself. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Do we need Doug Bradley to endorse a movie?
2: No, but considering the way the studio was was going about things, from uh, if that's exactly how they were going about it, at least he's actually shining a light on how studios handle things at times. So they, they, it, it's a thing like that. But who cares anyway? Because they might have just gotten away from Doug Bradley and just went, you know what, you've played Pinhead enough, we want somebody else to do it now.
3: Yeah, and he spat his dummy out, and he's like, how dare they do
2: one without me in it? Who knows? They did do one know. without you in it, so... Exactly.
3: I don't
0: think that was the problem, though.
2: No, it wasn't that, but it was just the weird, like I said, the way they were handling things, the studio, it, he was not happy about, rather than him playing. I don't even think that he would have agreed to it anyway, to be honest. I, I think, think he, I
0: remember him saying that the script was rather weak. Yeah, I want to put the pinhead uh, name to it or something,
2: which doesn't surprise me, and considering that this Hellraiser film has been in sort of like limbo for quite a while. It was every everyone from uh, Julian Moreau uh, and Alexandra Bustillo who was who was going to direct it to other French extreme directors to now this FX guy. So it's just dimension they'll lose another lose another series if they're not careful, and so that's the reason why they just throwing a new Hellraiser film out.
0: Yeah.
3: I don't think I'll watch it anyway I'm I'm, I'm way behind it's
2: that completionist annoying thing when you're a movie fan when you've seen a series and especially if you've seen them all you're going to have to reluctantly go I'm going to watch this just like the Wrong Turn series there's six films I've seen all six I've seen five yep
3: I don't envy you with this having to watch films. I like to be able to watch films. The only time I have to watch films is when somebody sends it to me and they're like, "Here's my film, please watch it." And I'm like, "Oh, go on then." So, other than that, I just watch whatever.
2: Yeah,
3: it's just that, <sighs> I'm lucky it's like that,
2: that. Nerdy kind of film thing in my brain going, "Oh, you've seen the five of them. You might as well watch the sixth one. How bad can it? Oh, it is that bad." <laughs>
3: exactly. Do you think they'll do a seven?
2: Yeah. They will do a oh. 7. It's another one of those series that the the, the studio will not want to lose. So they'll, they'll do a 7 or do a remake, which I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be a remake to Wrong Turn.
3: Now, you maybe have this bit of news on. I don't know, but I'm going to quiz you about it anyway. Lawrence. Do what's all this about a horror expendables
2: type movie? Oh, I've heard it. Yeah, it's the one with loads of actors in like Robert England and all uh, them. Yeah, um, it's coming out in the middle of this year, isn't it? And it's okay. just about a house with all these bad guys in it and stuff.
3: Is it like so? Is Robert Englund playing Fred Crew, no. or is Robert Englund? So it's just the actors. Yeah, it's just the, the act, It's thing, just
2: right? the actors playing like different bad guys creations kind of thing. From what I've read, it sounds very similar in tone to Rob Zombie's new film Thirty One, where that one's like loads of badass clowns in a in a funfair kind of thing. This sounds pretty much similar to that from what I've heard about it.
3: What's your thoughts on it? Are you looking forward to it or are you apprehensive? Exactly. A bit of sound effects nice going there. Nice creak of
2: a chair.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry. The door's creaking in this place. The heating's on. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Well, well excited is not the word. I'll definitely watch it, you know. But, uh, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. I haven't really spoiled too much about it for myself. I'd heard the whole uh, expendables for horror sort of thing. But I never really... um had the interest to delve in deeper and now i'm glad because whenever it comes out it'll just be nice and fresh
3: Yep. i'm a bit like that with trailers if i watch one trailer and go yep i want to watch it i try not to watch any subsequent trailers because what's the point i'm going to watch the film anyway so Mm -hmm. so there you go so what else is new in the world of blood and guts
2: i don't know if lauren's got any more
3: no
0: that's just my last one you go on ahead
2: um, just things like there's going to be another remake of Roger Corman's Death Race Death Race 2050 oh wow yes, set in the future it's going to be
3: is this one going to have Jason Statham
2: no he was only in one of them
3: one yeah he was
2: then Luke Goss took go, over yeah for there? the previous for the two after that <laughs> the, well the second one was a prequel Yeah. and then the third one Then they're, they're actually not bad no no they're watchable they're very watchable they're, they're rubbish watchable but they're not bad <laughs>
3: They're like Fast and the Furious rubbish watchable, aren't they? You go, you know what, I'm not going to analyse the storyline too much, but it's entertaining
2: Yeah, I know I'm going to get people getting blown up and stuff like that, but I I still think Paul W.S. Anderson did a decent job with the remake of Death Race, considering there were practical effects, etc. So well done for him to do that, but another remake?
3: I haven't seen The Three Musketeers, but other than that, I don't think Paul W.S. Anderson has made a really shit film. I quite like all his other movies.
2: So yeah, well, the later you get onto the Resident Evil series, the shitter it gets. No, I still like them. No. It's
3: just entertaining drivel, just to stare at and you know blow your sound bars out.
2: Yeah, they're just drivel. So there, there is that. Um, have you seen the, the Dead Rising film? No. Dead Rising Watchtower. Well, there's going to be a sequel to that. Dead Rising Endgame. Game. Um, it's going to follow on straight off from Dead Rising. The Film itself, Watchtower, was based on the third video game, so there isn't going to be a game that it's based on, so it'll be a a new story kind of thing. So it it, it was, again, one of those watchable movies. It, it was bad, but it was watchable at times, because it's zombies, so what do, what do you expect?
3: Do you not think with sequels, I wish they'd bring numbers back, because it gets freaking confusing. It's like, if what was that new Dead Rising film going to be called? End, not Watchtower with the one? It's, if you see Endgame, I mean, it's got the word "end" in it, so that might give a clue or whatever. But you wouldn't know which order to watch them in. Some of the Resident Evils, you know, like, oh, which order to watch them in. If you see them on the shelf,
2: yeah, it's just like uh, in the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, just called Leatherface, and so that's a prequel to the prequel that happened. So we had yeah. a prequel already. Um, we've had Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, so we've had a prequel to the beginning. Now we're going to get a prequel to the prequel.
3: Just go back to the days when it's like Friday Thirteenth One. Or not one, but then part two, three, four, five, six, and so on. Just yeah. it gets so much easier. It's, it's confusing enough with the Fast and the Furious movies with their titles. It's like what, well, which one's which? Because uh, you keep changing
2: them. Yeah, but it, it's just from the um, the the thing on IMDb about Leatherface. It just sounds awful. And it's it's prequel about a teenager leather, teenage Leatherface who escapes from a mental hospital with three other in, inmates kidnaps a young nurse and takes her on a road trip from hell. Along the way, they're pursued by an equally deranged lawman out for revenge. Now, it, it sounds crap, but there are two things that is making me go, I want to see this. Insanity? No, the directors is Alexandra mm-hmm. Bastillo and Julian Moreau. So I'll watch yep. anything that they make. And Lily Taylor's in it, and I'll watch anything that she's in.
0: Yeah,
1: so I think
2: she's a fantastic she actress.
0: She is, yeah, she's lovely.
2: So those two things are making me interested to watch it. But the description sounds terrible. However, I'll, I'll get onto a Alexandra Bastillo and Julian Moreau film a little bit later on. But they, they can handle that kind of terribleness if that's the case. So we'll, we'll see. But um, more news, Rings, which is another remake of Ring, um, has God. been pushed back from its April release date. Now it's coming out on October the 28th, so in time for Halloween.
3: Do you think that's purely because of the release date or do you think it's like, oh,
2: it's just I think it's the release date. They just want to put it there. Yeah. Mm. Um, Todd McFarlane has announced that he's doing another Spawn movie and that it will be more horror focused and be a hard R. OK, so that, that's a good sign. I quite like Spawn. I thought it wasn't bad. It's, it's, it's an interesting film. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Johnny Depp has been announced to play the lead role in Universal's Invisible Man.
3: Ugh, is he just not going to show up, but just get a big fat check?
2: Probably. He's so, <laughs>
3: do we know what era they're going to set Invisible Man in? Is it going to be an old classic-y one? Is it going to be a modern one, or do we still not know I don't yet? Don't
2: know yet. I haven't mm-hmm. a clue yet. So,
3: do we, do we care?
2: Kevin Bacon already did in Hollow Man, so that.
3: Exactly. And you, Christian Slater did it in Hollow Man too.
2: Yeah, well, no, he didn't.
3: <laughs> did he not? No, he,
2: yeah, he did, but um, nobody oh, actually yes, wants to <laughs> remember that.
3: He tried, I'm like, damn did I get my casting? No,
2: <laughs> you're yeah. um, There's going to be a new Saw movie, Saw Legacy. It's in development I of Lionsgate. I didn't hear about that.
3: Yeah, there's going to be several Saws, isn't there? Apparently yeah. they're not
2: just looking to do a one-off. It, it's rumoured rumored that James Wan is going to be coming back to direct it.
3: Yeah, he's definitely back as producer, isn't he? Yeah, and, you know, and it.
2: Lee Winnell is supposedly going to return as well. So both Lee Winnell and James Wan are supposedly going to return. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. And uh, Danny McBride has joined the cast of Alien Covenant. <laughs> yes,
0: I'd heard about that. What a That's random, isn't
2: it? it, it it's a head-scratching.
0: It really piece. is. truly is.
2: Yeah, considering that they're not going with Rooney Mara's character. She's not going to be in it. So they thought, eh, let's get Danny McBride. Why (laughs)
0: is Rooney Mara not going to be in it? I thought it was supposed to be a direct continuation from...
2: Nope, she's not going to be in it. She's not going to be playing the character that she played in uh, Prometheus at all. So it's going to be set, I think, some like 20 years after the incidents that happened in Prometheus. But yeah, she's definitely not going to be in it. Michael Fassbender is, but Rooney Mara isn't. Uh,
0: well wow. <laughs> that's a bit crap, isn't it?
2: Exactly. And uh, the trailer for the purge election year dropped. So that's oh, out yes, on uh
3: great. July I haven't checked
2: to check the trailer out, but what did you guys think? So July tenth, it looks more like the more purge. Simple as that. If you've seen the trailer for the previous purge movie, it looks exactly like that. The way the trailer actually pans out.
3: And it's got a continuing character yeah, it from has, one of the yeah. other purge movies as well, isn't yeah. it? So. Yeah.
2: Cool. But I still think that the Purge. I would have more preferred, even though I don't like them, it uh, to be a prequel. So you see what the first Purge was like. The, the kind of reaction from people um, in America when they find out that they are able to kill people for twelve hours for the first time. I think that would have made a much more interesting movie to to see how people go about doing it from the their first taste of it. True.
3: That would have been far more horror-based, wouldn't it? It that still one, would have been a much more wow. interesting
2: movie than um, going yeah, off with a, a sequel to the, the second one. Did-
0: See, I'm the opposite. I find it more interesting because it doesn't spoon, spoon feed the audience. It just kind of throws you in at the deep end and expects you to keep up. And I admire a film that has the, you know, the audacity almost to do that as opposed to give you every detail and lay it all out for you.
2: That's that's where I think as well, but I think with the purge series, it might have worked better if there if there was a prequel. It's just that itch when you watch it going, I really wonder what the first one was like. I just I want to see it just for the people's reactions to it, rather than just seeing them um, people getting slaughtered again. That, that's just uh, just the kind of reactions from from just normal citizens finding out that they are able to pick up a shotgun and blow their next door neighbor's head off.
3: Mm-hmm. Now Lauren and I discussed last night we're gonna put Pollyanna McIntosh Macintosh in everything now so we need her character from the woman to be able to go out and purge Oy. so that would I'd watch that I mean
2: um that'll be yeah. the first ever uh, that'll be the first movie to be a uh, damn um, certificate x x x x
3: yeah well and then we could turn it all into a Lego movie as well just to keep the franchise going so
2: Yeah, you've got to go across all gamuts. There's going to be an animated film. There's going to be a musical. There's going to be a stage player, a TV series, a video game. Yep. Everything. Uh, Will definitely (laughs) not be awesome. No. That'll be violent. Yes, everything will be gory. Yes. And that's it. That's all I've got news-wise.
3: Cool. It's going to be a nice sort of lean show this evening, which is is all right, isn't it? Although Stu's watched a shit ton of films. So, you know. There you go. Making up
2: for last
3: um, show. Yeah. Who wants to start? How shall we do it? Lauren, do you want to go first with things you've
0: watched? I'll go first. yeah. So, um, I didn't just watch things. I have a couple of other like things relative to the podcast. Um, watched a couple of films, and then I finished Plan Alien Isolation. Nice. Um, it didn't really. I must say, I was kind of left a bit disappointed. Um, well, I'll tell you the backstory first. There was like. Got the game last year, played for it, then kind of set it aside whenever we moved into the the flat and uh, it was forgotten about. Then we have it on Xbox and the disk drive on the Xbox broke and we couldn't get playing it. But then had to get it sorted that uh, we set up... um, the storage of the game onto a second Xbox. And uh, after a whole load of rigmarole, it seemed like it wasn't going to save the um, file over. So it was going to have to start again. But whenever we played it before, literally, like literally, I was like on the last like fucking 20 minutes of the game. So it was really, really annoying the thought of starting again. But thank goodness it all worked out, got it sorted. And then it just fucking ended and, I don't want to go into details or spoil it for anyone or whatever, but it just, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way that they finished it. I'm assuming they finished it that way, so that they could like um, uh, maybe be open to the idea of the sequel game, but I just, I I didn't like it. I felt personally that it was a little bit of a cop-out.
3: See, I played that game probably about three or four months ago. I found it really, really slow, and I only played it for maybe an hour. I just could not yeah, get yeah, into it. Yeah, it,
2: it doesn't get started for a good hour, hour and a half, um, because the I first d- hour is pretty much you just exploring, um, looking at the, the every minute detail of what the creator going. Oh, my God, they've actually created that. It looks exactly like it from the film. And so that's pretty much what you do for the first hour before anything actually happens.
0: Yeah, but once the you... novelty of, oh my God, I'm playing an alien game, wears off. Mm. It is a very good and intense game. And yeah. yes, it does play slow, but I think that's the basic premise. You know, if you look at the first film, it was by no means shoved in your face, forcefully just showing you this plot. You know, it develops over time and, you know, it adds to the suspense. And I think the game captured that perfectly. Cool.
3: I may give it another go at some point. I wasn't sure what I was expecting.
2: It's a long game, but you've got yeah. a. It is one of those games where you have to stick with it to actually get the best out of it because it's not going to be one of those ones where you're going to be able to make a decision after an hour of playing it. It's it's because of the the length of the game itself. Obviously, the need to pad it out a little bit. It's not like um like like a Fallout game or in the first hour you you get pretty much the feel of what you expect the rest of the game to be like. You need to actually sit with the game a little bit longer or the evil within the evil within i made my decision about what that game was going to be like after the first five minutes and thought nope i'm not going to play this because it's rubbish from what i've played so far and so that game again is 20 hours long and there's no way i would have been able to slug through that for 20 hours
0: even if it wasn't a long game you can't really make your mind up about a game <laughs> five minutes in like jesus like you've got it's... one cut you've got to hit x to engage like how do you make <laughs> a decision was... from that <laughs>
2: it was the the way the controls were actually playing out and how your character moved and all that kind of stuff i couldn't stick with that for 20 hours
1: yeah, it would just,
2: just it would have driven me absolutely insane the the honestly the controls were so badly clunky the camera was so badly positioned in the game you couldn't move it if the if you found out that there was a way to move the camera from where it was it was sort of like Behind you, but it was fixed in a position where you didn't get the whole of the screen to actually see what was going on. It was just the movement and the weird. Actually, the game was playing out. Just no, nah, I went, nah, I can't play this game. It would just annoy the shit out of me.
3: <laughs> Can you imagine if you did that with films? Or five minutes in, fuck this movie. I'm, I'm, really tem- I'm tempted <laughs>
2: to do that with loads of films. So. But I, at I, least with a film, though, you're only there for 90 minutes. With that kind of video game, you have to be there for 20 hours. So there's, there's a bit of a, a difference there.
3: Sometimes I'll give a film the half hour rule. If it sucks for a full half hour, and I think I'm absolutely hating this movie, I just bail out. But it's not often I have to do that. But
2: I just still suffer through it. Like I had to watch Alvin and the Chipmunks uh, the, the, the the new one, the Road Chip. And so when you, as soon as they start singing, you're gonna shoot me, kill me, just kill me now. It's horrible. Just make it stop. And they still continue to do that. But you're sitting there. I've got to review this thing. And are they still singing? It's just annoying. So
3: can you not find? You could probably review it just off half an hour though. Go. You know what? Shit. If you like the first three, you'll like this one. However,
2: it sucked. I'm out of here. Two word (laughs) review: Chipmunks suck.
3: Or just use the famous words, Andy's going to review the new Elvin and the Chipmunks movie. There you go, do that. Just get him to do it.
0: That's
3: it. Yep. So where were we? So moving on on from Alien Isolation. (laughs) exactly.
0: I'm now playing Shadow of the Damned, which I'm really, really enjoying for a specific reason, but it reminds me so much of the play um, of... Alice Madness Returns, which is my all-time favourite game, second to Gears of War, um, and Alien Isolation is another favourite now. But um, Alice Madness Returns is just such a visually beautiful game, and it's very, very relaxing in points to play because it's just so beautiful. And I find everything right down to... The layout, the monsters, the names of the monsters, the soundtrack, absolutely everything just flows the way it did in The Madness, and I really, really love it. I love the style of gameplay. It's very laid back. Um, it's a, There's a lot of shooting, which is great, because it makes you feel like you're really good at the game, even though, to be honest, I probably really suck. And um, it's just great. It's just this really, really fun game, and I think, like... Um, a lot of people really missed the beat on it because any time I've spoken about it on Twitter, people have been like, oh, I was curious about that, but I didn't play it. or I did. Um, You know, like people That's saying certain things. And also as well, what I really like, um, uh, for the most part, there's none of that stereotypical misogyny that comes with games. It's like there is a little bit, a little bit, I don't want to go into details, but for the most part, it's, it's quite sweet and it, there's none of this, you know bullshit about you know men and women or anything like that it's about a uh, demon hunter has his girlfriend kidnapped by these demons and being taken into the underworld and he's going to rescue her and the love that he has for her comes through and it doesn't come through in a saucy disgusting hypersexualized way um I think it just works really well. Having said that, there is one point where it is just absolutely over the top ridiculous in which she is enlarged and uh, naked, and you have to like walk over her body. It's kind of like a dream sequence. That kind of made me sick to my stomach a little bit because it was just unnecessary. And I was really singing its praises the whole way through because it was so good in its representation up until that point. But um, I don't want to say it hasn't deterred me from playing it because I keep. I got sick and I fell behind. I want to go back to playing it, but for a little bit, it just kind of soured the taste of my mouth, just for a little bit.
2: Yeah, I, I finished the game. So that, I've, I've played the game. I liked it. It sort of like reminded me of the tongue-in-cheek, schlocky kind of horror movies. Um, the humour is quite OTT, especially from your gun the we it actually enlarges and all that kind of stuff it's sort of like well, that's the
0: point i actually finished that it got to the part where you get the really really big boner gun
2: yeah and, it, it's um, just the titular kind of, kind of humor of,
0: that's where it's kind of went a bit weird for me whereas up until that point i found it was very good
2: yeah, i did per- find
0: the humor was you know well placed and well timed and it wasn't sickening it wasn't grating on me but uh, I struggled whenever I was playing the bit where you physically get the gun for the first time, yeah. and uh, I kept hearing the skull said the same line over and over because I kept failing. And it got uh-huh. to the point where the TV was muted while I was playing for it because it just annoyed me so much. And then I I just gave up at that point. And as I said, I haven't went back to it yet. But that's more because I've been busy and ill as opposed to, you know, giving up on it.
2: All I'll
0: see far. it. I
2: really like it. All I'll see it does get even more fucked up. It gets much more insane, that game. Um, The the last 20 minutes is just batshit crazy. It's like it's infected the mind of David Lynch, but then infected David Lynch's inner demon inside of him and then delved much more deeper and he's conscious. It's it's a weird game, but it's just a bit of fun. Throw away a humour fun kind of thing.
0: I mean, Jesus, what more do you want from a game? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... It's for me. I find it very, very entertaining so far, and uh, there's nothing wrong with playing a fucked up David Lynch-type game. Yeah,
2: it's, it's very rare you get them, so you might as well actually cl- cling onto them when you do get them. Absolutely.
0: Well, that's that's why you know I compare it to Madness Returns because. Um, that for me there's just so much even like the way it plays, the way you shoot, um, even the controls, absolutely everything. Not and then to get into like the visual elements and um certain levels and their resemblance to the madness. Um it just because I loved the madness so much, whenever I found this game I just kinda was like, yes, clinging on to it and um whenever like I got it and like we got really, really far into it and over the course of like a week and then I got unwell and everything fell to pieces.
2: The only other game that I I've played which has got a similar kind of humour depth to um to it is uh, Lollipop Chainsaw. Yeah. because just the fact enough, that it's got like
0: else said that to me. Um, yeah, it's got James
2: Gunn's kind of writing to it, so it's got his humour. It, it's very like sexualized on the female character, but the way it, she actually does the quips and actually remarks of that, it sort of like strips that away. So there isn't an annoyance down to like a foie cam going underneath a skirt or because the fact that she's in a cheerlead outfit, it sort of like takes that away a little bit more with the kind of actions that you can do with the character. So it's down to James Gunn. I think he can uh, he can write characters really well, whether it be male or female. And yeah, it's, it's not as good, but it's still got that similar kind of feel humor wise to it.
0: Yeah, oh, I don't want to say anything until I, I'm willing to give lollipop chainsaw a go. It's just I've never played any of it or even seen any of it being played, so I can't really I can't comment. But one day I'll get back
3: to you on that. Yeah, it's, I've played that. It's very very arcadey. Yeah, it is. So it's, it's, yeah, I it's
2: finished cool. it, so I managed to get all the way to the end of the game. But yeah, it, it is a bit. It's very arcadey, but it is one of those ones where it just it's there to just have a little bit of fun.
3: Yeah, so you could imagine standing in a video arcade with that one and just, you know, putting ten ps or quits as they probably are now, just feeding the machine and playing the game. It's that sort of feel to it. Yeah. So it is good. Yeah. Right.
0: And sorry, um I'll quickly get through the rest here. Um as as you know, I was at Slipknot, so um Lucky you. What?
2: I said, lucky you.
0: Uh, yes, it was. Uh, well, you can hear you'll hear all about it tomorrow or whenever the um, Pollyanna McIntosh interview is uploaded because we had a little um, a little catch up and I got more into details there. So um, I'll not steal the time here. But um, I watched um, a lovely I said lovely. I thought it was lovely. It was actually quite brutal. A little film called Felt. Which um, follows a woman struggling with the um, sexualization of women in society and um, abusive men, and her reaction to that on a subconscious and devious level, and the way that it changes her as a person, as this introverted shy person exploring her own body and exploring nature and um being creative through both of those avenues um going from that to getting more loud and expressive and violent and um trying to get her life on track but unfortunately it doesn't work and it's just it's it just hooks you i actually hadn't even heard of it until i saw on netflix um excuse me you know the way whenever you highlight it and the um the images come up. There's a point where she makes herself a bodysuit and she is stood on a rooftop flexing, and it's just so beautiful and silly and unusual. But it just it drew me in. Like I just it was like i I have to watch this. And as soon as I saw it and looked it up, I was just right. I'm watching this now. I don't want to wait. and um, it just grabbed me, and um, I find it really really interesting and hard hitting.
3: Okay. okay. And that's on Netflix. That's on Netflix. Yep. Cool.
0: And I yeah. saw Deadpool, obviously. Not really hard so, yeah. still. Um and then the only other films that I watched were Cube and Hypercube for the first time.
3: Oh, what do you think of Cube? I like all three of them, but obviously the first one's the best. I haven't
0: seen the third but... one yet. I loved the first one. second one I thought mm. was overly ambitious and not very well executed. Uh much like um you know what it reminded me of, and I couldn't remember the name of the film, I had to ask someone last night, but um, the film The with Jennifer Lopez, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. beautifully
0: yep. done visually, like there was some really, really expressive visuals in there, but not very well executed. So the visuals were there, and yes, the story to a certain extent was there, just not carried out or performed to the best of the ability, be it through... Um, you know not having the advances of editing or whatever whatever else but I find that especially with um Hypercube um it could have looked better like the idea of how good it could look was very at the core but obviously at the time they didn't have the resources we have now to be able to go full out and give it you know the representation on screen that the idea deserves um Having I mean, said that, Cube, I really, really, really loved. Hypercube, last night, whenever I watched it, I was just like, oh, is this nearly over? And you know, whenever you're really still, like you mentioned being stubborn earlier, staying, and having to um, follow through with a franchise, I'd be a little bit like that once I reached, like the halfway mark in a film. Whenever yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm not really enjoying this, but I'll be fucked if I'm going to let it beat me. I'm just going to continue on and keep watching till the end anyway.
2: It was one of those situations.
3: Cube three you could skip, also known as Cube Zero, because it's yeah. a prequel to the first cube. It loses, and it's not as It's intelligence,
2: as... doesn't it? It just doesn't yeah. feel like it's it's a smart film because at least Cube and Hypercube, they're very smart with the mathematics and uh, the way oh, they actually is. put them together. It it, it belongs in um, alongside films like Fermat's Room and um, stuff like that. Even look even looking even though it's not a horror film, but looking at some like primer as well. Where you're scratching your head a little bit about what's going on and how actually you actually need to majorly reach into your brain and massage it just to understand <laughs> what's going on with that film. But yeah. if you're interested in that kind of intelligent horror, um, it, it falls down that And I'm a huge maths nerd, and so I was list- watching it sort of like mouth open going, I can't believe they're actually doing this in a horror movie, and I'm just rubbing my hands. Yes, this is awesomeness in a nerdy kind of fashion. Yeah, so,
0: like, I don't pretend to understand anything to do with maths, but um, just the methodology placed behind it and the concepts and um, the whole representation of mathematics and, like, uh, it's that whole sort of thing like flower of life and basic cells and shapes and forming and evolving and numbers being endless and the universe being infinite and numbers are infinite and it's just... I, I love all the ideas, like, um they were all just there in a, in a hat ready to be picked out, just not in the way that I think fully represented represented the idea. If you know what I mean. It just it could have been done better. That's one film I must say I wouldn't actually mind someone like James Wan having a stab at yeah. remaking. And it's very, very seldom you'll hear me say about something being remade but I'm like like, whoa, super, super excited about. Like it's just at the point now I don't care about remakes, like just let them turn on is what I say now. But yeah. I would be excited if someone someone along the lines of James Wan came along and said, Right, let's do this and that would definitely get my attention definitely definitely and that's it cool. so over to you two
3: right well what have i watched i've watched quite a lot actually but most of mine i've watched before i re-watched raise because i was sat on that down and we re-watched that one i
0: think i, I watched never... it as well i think i've seen it like three times now
2: i've yet to see she, it
3: she'd never seen it so i'm like you really gotta watch this film uh it's just as amazing watching it the second time I also sat down and rewatched uh, Bound to Vengeance. With well. that. So thank you, thank you again for that one, Lauren. Yep. So watch both of those. I should watch
0: Belt. I think um, it's not up there alongside Razor Bound to Vengeance, but I can picture you watching it and finding the, the core elements quite interesting. So you,
3: should, you I check it out. Sat down and watched Offspring from 2009 in preparation for the Pollyanna Macintosh conversation, which um, on the podcast we do sort of say that it works better if you've watched a woman and then you go back and watch Offspring, because yeah. it just it adds a whole new sort of dimension to the woman, so that's pretty awesome. I watched half of the woman again but then had to break off to speak to the woman herself, so that was awesome. Um, we rewatched The Purge and The Purge Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Love those movies. I can't get I wanted them to do um, Purge in London. So people flinging that harsh language at each other and chucking deck chairs or whatever. No guns. Um, I watched a short film, which you can find on YouTube, called Twisted Part One. Shot for one and a half grand, and it's a 22-minute throwback to slasher movies. And it's pure indie film. We're going to have the guys on a podcast as guests at some point. So I'll <laughs> share the link so you can check that out. It's a lot of fun. Looks really good for one and a half grand. Not bad at all. And I watched a film called Last Girl Standing, which I put it on, and I thought, oh, God, here we go again. It's another slasher movie. And it's a girl running through the forest, being chased by a lunatic and whatnot. And she survives. And I'm like, okay. But then it cuts to five years later or so. And it's actually about the after effects and how she sort of copes being the survivor of a slasher attack. That's great. That's great. And it was all right. It's, it do you know when you put a film on, you're like, oh, here we go, same old, same old, I've seen it before, and then it goes, hang on a minute, maybe it's something a little bit different.
0: Yeah, it starts out with the sort of basic tropes and then surprises you, so you know, you really grabbed your attention by the time it really gets into it.
3: Yep, it was one of those films where I put it on, I thought, yeah, I'm going to give it a half hour rule, and if it doesn't impress, I'll get rid of it, and I ended up watching it for the full hour and 31 minutes or whatever it was. What's the meme? It's called Last Girl Standing from 2015 and it's directed by a guy called Benjamin Moody. Mm. Um, It is coming out in the UK on DVD, I think within the next few weeks. I was asked to review it on behalf of a website called The Fan Carpet. So I thought, that'll do, because the guy in charge of that is not a massive horror fan, so sometimes he'll get in touch and he'll say, do you want to watch this one? Looks like a bit of a gory horror film. I'm like, alright. So, thank you Mark for that. And... Oh, yeah, the other one I watched gets mentioned a little bit now and again. Finally, about an hour and a half ago, I finished watching Frontiers.
2: Nice. Oh. Mmm. Mm.
3: We, <laughs> we put it on, with, it's one of these I've got inside frontiers and we and i've just never got around to watching these things i'm prone to buying a dvd and then because it's in the house i think well it's not going anywhere i can watch it whenever and then never getting around to watching it drives me at the wall so we decided we're going to watch frontiers and see what all the fuss was about first 15 20 minutes we're like this kind of isn't the film i thought it was going to be i'm not quite sure whether we're enjoying this holy shit now i see why everybody's raving about it um yeah I don't want to go into plot spoilers, but Jesus, that yep. film kind of deserves the praise it
2: gets. Yeah. Um, Xavier Gunn was the, the director of it. His brother, Christoph Gunn did um, Silent Hill, and he went on to do The Divide yes. and Hitman. Hitman, But The Divide, wow. I, I actually quite like The Divide.
3: Where would you put it compared to Frontiers? Uh, I think near, Frontier? <laughs> I think
2: Frontier is his best film, Xavier Gunn's best film, in my opinion. It is insane, that movie. It's stupidly brutal.
3: And we knew nothing about it. All I knew was people have loved it and what it was called. That was it. I knew nothing about the plot line. So it's like, what sort of movie is this? And yeah, it's really, really good. So I could see why it's up there with martyrs and the woman and inside and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I don't know if there's one I'd watch again.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't watch it again. To be honest, I didn't really enjoy it. Really? No, I didn't. And you know I love martyrs in Serbian film, which are like we always references like two brutal foreign mm. films. But um, and I w- it was put to me that Frontier is on is on the same level as that, and I just I just didn't like it. Um, I Fuck. might give it another go, but like you said, it is not at all. What you're expecting I don't really know what you're expecting but um, it's, it's just cool. not that <laughs>
2: the best and way to just, the uh, best way to treat it is it's very much like the modern dear Texas chainsaw massacres so like the yes, Texas chainsaw yeah, massacre yeah. in the in the beginning not the like the one that was released last year um it's very much proper like the Texas chainsaw massacre one. the Michael be direct uh, produced ones because um yeah, yeah the <laughs> Jonathan Liebesman directed one um it's very much like that it's got that kind of feel to it
3: and a very sort of wolf creaky sort of yeah. yeah nastiness to it, but it's I'm glad I watched it, but um I don't think I need to rush off and watch it again. No. But that that was mental that film. So that was my evening's viewing. So, but yeah, it's recommended. So there you go. Uh, over to you, Stu.
2: What do you want? Well, um, I watched Among the Living, which I've been waiting to see that film for quite a while. It's out in the UK in two weeks' time. Uh, the Julie Moreau, Alexandra Bastillo one. So when you were talking about Inside, the people who directed that and Livid. Um, yep. This is just about three kids who stumble upon this abandoned theme park. <laughs> they sort of like anger, the person who's living there because they discover a woman in a trunk and this thing decides to uh, track them down, start killing their parents. So it's just the way uh, Julian Moreau and Alexandra Bastillo direct their films, like the, the brutalness of uh, Inside. Um, it, it's not as brutal as that because Inside is stupidly violent. That's actually getting remade Inside. It's getting a, a quasi-American remake of sorts because the person who they've got to direct it is not American, but it's sort of like American twinge to it. The guy who's directing it is um, is Juan Balaguero, who was one of the two who did Wreck. Okay. So he's doing the remake of Inside. So I've got high hopes for that and because I love their uh, Wreck. So he's backing away from Paco Plaza. They've both gone off on their own, and he's doing the remake of um, Inside. But yeah, Among the Living, it's not their best work. Um, and like I said, Inside is better. Livid is, is better. But it, it's still got enough there to keep you interested.
3: How um, gutsy is Inside compared to Frontiers? Oh, Inside
2: a- is just brutal from... Minute one to minute ninety, it's just
3: more than frontier.
2: More than frontier, it's just (laughs) relentless inside. Because at least with the frontier, you've got twenty minutes before things start to kick off. With inside, it's just nothing but nastiness. The woman who's in it, who does all the horribleness in inside, she's actually in, um, over de vivant, if you want the proper title of it. She's she's actually in that, and she. She's nasty in that as well. So she she loves playing the really grotesque, horrible people. She does it with a plum. She's got that kind of look to her. Like she would be brilliant if she played um, uh, Sadako in uh, the Ring, a more adult version of it. She's got that kind of eerie look to her. So I, I think she would be brilliant in that. But yeah, it, it's watchable. Cool. Okay. Yeah, um, The Forest, which I watched today. Yeah.
0: The forest? Did you? Is it not out until the twenty-second, or did you get a screener?
2: Yeah, I've got a screener of it. It's out um, next week. Yeah, it's out on next Friday. But I, I've seen the forest. It's rubbish. It's, it's
3: oh, the the premise of it's really good though, isn't it? Yeah, like you know what? Well, that sounds like a really good story. It like. never
2: fully utilises the premise one iota because the premise of somebody going to this thing called a suicide forest in Japan, which really does exist. And then um, her looking for her sister, who's gone there, is an interesting premise. But the the actress who they chose to play the lead role, she's annoying as hell. She is really aggravating throughout the film. The lead horror. Yeah. It's I just, would have thought she would translate quite well over to her. No, she, honestly, it's it's. Just, I, I think it might not just be down to her. It might just be down to the way it's directed and the the kind of script that she's being given, etc. But she is a, aggravating. The, the film has no scares in it whatsoever, absolutely no tension in it whatsoever, just got no redeeming features. It doesn't even make um, the forest seem eerie or beautiful in that kind of way that you would expect it to. The second you step into it, you expect to feel the rustle of the trees or the, the creepiness of some kind of fog running up your arm or something like that. But you have no emotional attachment to anything that happens in the film whatsoever. It's just, it's, it's an American, it's, you can definitely feel It's an American horror because it just has absolutely no feeling to it. Damn. So just avoid that when it comes out on DVD or Netflix, watch it then, but just don't go out to, to the cinema to see it. And um, when that okay. does come out, um, freaks of nature, which I, uh, it's, it's, an, it's one of those silly throwaway kind of movies. It's, it's a town where aliens, um, once appeared on this town. Now this town is inhabited by humans, vampires, and zombies, They've all supposedly been able to live in harmony together in a way. Uh, Zombies and vampires go to the same kind of school as humans. And then these aliens come back, release this monster on top of there, and it causes the vampire, zombies, and humans to team up together to stop the aliens.
3: (laughs) That uh, that sounds like somebody wanted to make about three films and thought, I'm just going to cram them all into
2: one. There's a character in it called Stuart Miller
3: really did that make the film any better no for you because he's
2: an you? absolute dick oh no <laughs> he's he's this he's this fat guy with glasses on and i'm not fat but i do wear glasses and he gets killed with it like two minutes of being on screen these i'm glad that he was because he's stupidly bad and i don't want to re- be represented by somebody like him because i think if an apocalypse like that happened i think i might have been able to survive longer than two minutes
3: I think if we speak to the filmmaker of that at some point, Lauren, I'll be like, why did you call the character Stu Miller? He's mm-hmm. like, well, I once sent my previous film out to this uh, podcast. Story, it, and he reviewed it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, that
2: will be right. funny that I'll actually shake his hand if he did that. Cause I, yeah. I don't mind being sent up. If somebody, if I was ever um, a famous film star or something like that, if Matt Stone and Trey Parker or anybody like that want to take the piss out of me badly, I would turn around and say, you can do that one do stipulation. It. I've got to do the voice. That's it. Yeah. I would gladly do it.
3: Oh my god, they kill Stu Miller. Bastards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I
2: would gladly let him do that, but yeah, it's 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 a throwaway kind of film, Freaks of Nature. It's it's one that will pass 90 minutes away, fine. Okay. Uh Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh god. See is that as bad as it looks? Yeah. I think it oh god. looks yeah.
0: like great fun.
2: Oh god, it, the obvious. trailer is mis- mischievous. It's very mischievous the trailer. Because um, it it just doesn't have the fun of it. It sags a lot. There are times where it's the what the director has done is he's took he's took the original material and thought that you know what we need to actually split it, and so we need to make the Pride and Prejudice side of stuff uh, stand out more so than the zombie side of stuff. And he keeps forgetting to add the zombies to the the mix, and then when he does, it just feels completely disjointed. It feels like you are sitting down and watching Pride and Prejudice and then you're watching a different zombie movie just being <laughs> stitched into it. So it's badly created. It, it it's that's got some pretty f-
0: much what the book is.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's got you some... You know, f-
0: like you are taking this classic work of art and, you know, incorporating this horror element that absolutely does not belong. So I think they were going for a sort of... Like, as you said, I'm sure you're not wrong. I think it would grate on me too, but they're just, you know copy and paste this horror segment into films such as, you know, Pride and Prejudice. But I think that's the point. It's the novelty of wanna watch a really intellectual film that's full of love and storyline. Oh but wait, we're gonna make it way interesting for the year two thousand and sixteen and include zombies. You guys still like <laughs> zombies, right? I mean Walking Dead's still a thing. Uh is this what you want? Is this what you want Hollywood to make you? And you know, just kinda buy into that whole spiel and uh, weird Giving the people what they
2: want. Not the way this film's handled because it's called Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It's not Pride and Prejudice with zombies or a sprinkle of zombies or something like that. It's (laughs) and zombies. So even though it's an and role, you still expect some zombie action in there. And so when it does get to the zombie action, it pretty much cuts away from it. So you've got these kick-ass female characters who are fantastic at fighting, who's brilliant with swords, who doesn't care what men think about them, but still have that sort of like part where they go, actually, I do want to be married in a year. And so you've got some good characters like that, very well-written characters, very well-acted characters. And then when you give them the zombies to fight against, you shy away from it and you just forget that they are part of the film. It's it's a bit pointless. Oh. Um, I finally sat down and watched The Green Inferno.
0: Oh.
2: Yeah, it's out on Blu-ray and DVD on Monday. It was released in cinemas last week, um, short run, and then straight out on Blu-ray and DVD. Yeah,
0: it leaked or something a while ago because I got it whenever it went up online.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with what you thought of it, Lauren. Because you weren't too impressed with it, and I wasn't too impressed with it. I really,
0: really wanted to be, but he just, he pissed me about that much. it was just like, oh, it's being released this week, then this week, no, next week. Ah, I got you again next month, fucker. And it just, (laughs) it went on for so long, it got to the point where, like, Eli, boy, I don't really like you to begin with, and you're tugging on my heartstrings here, so fuck off. Either give it to me or don't, and then got a copy of it, and then realized that, ah, Yeah. This is Eli Roth. Oh, yeah, I don't like him. Laugh out loud. What was I doing?
2: Yeah, and he does make his obligatory appearance in the film. It's one of those blink and you miss it kind of.
0: I, where it's, was he? I don't I don't know. not
2: know. trying to remember exactly, but he, I did see him. I, I think he's very early on in the film. but It's just a blink and a miss. And I think he also might play um, some kind of character who's sort of like being eaten by the cannibals. Yeah, because he
0: came out with all this, that's the other thing that annoyed me about it, Um, he came out with all this bullshit about, oh, it's a statement about modern social justice warriors and, you know, these people who take a stand for things and not really take a stand for things, you know, as in, like, donate a fiver and uh, maybe tweet about it and then forget about it for the rest of your life and you know make out like looking back on them saying oh I once did an awful lot of work for mental health or or for animals or um or for cancer you know and it turns out you like donated a small tiny amount of money and uh claim to be this you know wonderful person when you're not and fair enough because i mean like with twitter and facebook it's very very easy to make people think that you're a wonderful person donating money here and there or standing for causes or whatever else but in reality you're really just sitting there on your phone and not really doing anything about it you know like really yeah. and uh i totally get that but just the way it came around it it was just so high and mighty and i was like, Eli you've completely lost me.
3: I mean, if I'm looking for sort of political commentary, I generally don't go to the Eli Roth exactly. section of my DVD. No. Go, I need to learn something and be educated, right. So, right? Where is Roth?
0: You know what it reminds me of? It, the, the audacity of the whole situation and the way he talks about it. And like, fair enough. He, he's a man who's part of his work. I respect that. It, it wasn't for me, but I in no way, like take away of it. Yes you've made this film kudos sort of thing but um the audacity and the you know the sheer pride that came out of this statement like this is a statement of modern social justice wars and um you know people who think they're standing up for something when they're not and people who are falsely offended over causes that they really have no care about um whenever we were all, you know, in that Serbian film phase, and we were talking about how the artist, you know, said, "Oh, this is a statement about the politics in my country." You know, um, no, <laughs> it's not. It's about a porn star who gets into these really fucked up situations. Yeah. You know, no way represents this country in the same way that, you know, I mean, you could you could draw a squiggle on a piece of paper and call it art, you know. But yeah. is it really art? You know, um, does calling uh, you know uh, a rose by any other name smell as sweet? Like, does it really? You know, you know, it was that kind of thing, and that's what really bugged me about it. He was just so audacious
2: and full of himself over it.
3: In answer to your uh, squiggle question, it is art if Eli Roth. Draws
2: it with a red pen and not yeah. a black one with
3: a red pen, yes. Yeah. And Quentin Tarantino presents it to somebody yeah.
2: Uh, it's just that, that's and also the problem with Eli Roth is he's we're behind the times. These kind of social, Open if it, I, I do, especially with this, anywhere, these kind of um, films about uh, all the planet, it, the people are destroying the planet, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's been done. It, it's an ongoing thing that's happening, but just throwing cannibals into the mix and him trying to make some kind of message. He, t- Cannibal Holocaust? He's just True. ripping off something but, like Cannibal Holocaust by adding a message to it. So taking Yeah, but it's not hiding that fact. I know, he's he, mentioned Cannibal you know, he Holocaust No, he said
0: it was, you know, in his own way, sort of an inadvertent sequel to Cannibal Holocaust. Plus the fact you have to, you know, admire it, but if it was something... Along the lines of Cannibal Holocaust, really, truly to the core, then there was, you know, absolutely no animal abuse represented, no. you know. Whereas with that film, I mean, we all know the controversy surrounding it, you know. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you could get away with not doing that in this day. Um, Jesus, you would have to, or else actual social justice warriors would have been knocking on his door. But, um, no, I, I, I have to say, I do disagree with that. I think it is quite modern, and you know especially with there's a, there's a, lot of controversy in the um, body modification community over, especially late last year over female genital mut- mutilation and uh, like where the line draws um, legally between, you know, someone choosing to pierce their own vagina or her clit or, you know, have some sort of modification done to their own body versus going to these sort of third world countries in which it is tradition to mut- mutilate female bodies. And there's a big part of that as well. Like, you know, um, like, what three quarters of the film, it's starting to slowly build towards her being sort of indicted into this group, like they were going to worship her before eating her or whatever, wherever we're going to take it. And, uh, you know, gentle mutilation was about literally seconds away from coming into it. I remember, like, sitting on this couch that I'm sat on now, cringing and, like, just holding on to my vagina, like, oh God. You know, so I think in certain elements it really is, it's quite, it's modern and representative of today's age and, you know, social justice wars and, um, as I
2: said, that whole, you know.
3: It definitely sounds like a film I have no plans to watch that much, I will say.
2: The thing is, though, it's just the way he handles these films. I I didn't think that it was sort of like... um, Speaking along to times like today, because even if you go back to like American Mary, that was to do with body modification, that was made a few but years ago. Very,
0: very different where These people are in control it's, of modifying their own bodies.
2: I know, but still, it's, it's still it's just the way he actually plans these films, the way he creates these films. He thinks that he's uh, he's outputting a message when in fact he's not, and anything that he is trying to see it, it just gets muddled up. And he's arrogance. He's a very cocky director. He's a very cocky creator, and that helps sometimes because then at least you're you're saying to the studios, you know what, I've got an idea, and it, it, this is exactly the way I want to do it. I'm not going to listen to what you say. This is exactly the way I want to do it. But it, it, that can harm you as well. It, it's a yeah, double-edged it sword.
0: Yeah, and I totally agree, so what you It's, what you're saying. it's yep.
2: just it's just the way he goes about his films. He he yeah. speaks them up so much so, like you're all watching the horror of citizen the citizen Kane horror film or, or something like that when in fact when you do finally sit down and watch it, they're not as brilliantly uh, epically created the way he actually talks them up to be. I
3: you know, know, that's I mean a lot of filmmakers fall into that one though. I mean, but it's just I the way he
2: does it though. It's easy cocky arrogance the way he yeah. does it
0: do you remember whenever human centipede was uh you know the big thing whenever it came out and he released that little video to youtube he was in the the parking lot um yeah And it's all dark and he's talking about, oh, you think that's bad? You've not seen nothing yet, folks. And like all that shit, you know, like just bigging himself up to make this sequel and then to go on to make the third one. And, you know, that sort of arrogance I definitely can attribute to the likes of Eli Roth or Quentin Tarantino. And um, and that's not, it's not always a bad thing. It is in this particular instance, um, pretty much everything you said there, Stu, is why I dislike Eli Roth so much. Um, he just grates me. There's just something about yeah. it. I've never seen him in an interview in which I thought, wow, like I can respect that. It's just, it always gets to me, you know? He
2: has that cocky yeah. grin on his face all the time as well. It's like a cheesy yeah. grin. Yeah. Lecherous kind of thing. And it just makes you more creeped out by him rather than going, <laughs> oh, I want to go and see the film that he's created
3: yeah what i would recommend though is if you've got the dvds of cabin fever and i think the first and second hostel movies the commentaries on those are amazing because he doesn't really talk about the films he talks about all his career and all his backstory and stuff so that cabin fever very got,
0: arrogant though
3: no it's it's really interesting i can i think i've probably still got them somewhere yeah so I'll, I'll pass them on to you that's interesting stuff i've
2: watched him um, hostel with the commentary on it doesn't he get quentin tarantino to do the commentary with him
3: I think he does on one of them. He, he does multi-commentary. So it says yeah. four on Cabin Fever. There's at least two or but
2: three. But there's natural arrogance as well. When one isn't enough, he has to do four or five of them. So it's just, oh, by the way, I'm going to do one with Quentin Tarantino. Then I'm going to choose two members of the cast to do another one. And I'm going to choose two of the different <laughs> members of the cast with the producer to do the other one. And he has to sit on a, sit in on absolutely everything rather than just go, you know what? Yeah, I'll do one commentary, but why don't you go off and do a commentary of your own and just see the kind of differences, the way you see that scene is going to be different to the way I see that scene. He never does that. He just goes, I'm in charge of this film. I'm the one who created that film. So I'm the one who's going to be there from minute one to minute 90, no matter in what way, shape or form.
3: He's kind of like the moderator on the commentaries, though.
2: Still, he doesn't need to so be there. Kind of
3: works. No, he doesn't. But he's a big old film geek, isn't he? He's no, he's just, just you know, a, big he's got big old a cocky ditch. head. On. No, but you well, know what? You're
2: you
0: you still you, you of your own film. Like I would yeah. say, that's a problem. I well, I wouldn't take
2: problem with that. A commentary, not four.
3: Yeah, but it's not the same material. It's repeated. I mean, on um, one of the commentaries, he goes into the days when he used to work for David Lynch and tells a whole bunch of stories about that. So it's it's effectively a really long Eli Roth podcast. And that's so just bloody cool.
2: annoying, though. No, like an eight-hour Eli Rothicon.
3: You mean don't listen to it all at once?
2: Still, though, no, in total, <laughs> it's still an eight-hour Eli Rothicon.
3: Just, yeah, but how many hours in total have you done of podcasts? And how many hours I've done? Three hundred and fifteen of these
2: But I wonder things. how many um, how much of that he actually listens back to over and over again. I don't listen to my show because I know it would annoy the shit out of me if I did. <laughs> I just upload. Yeah, and so I'm sure he's I just
0: sat fapping in a dark room somewhere watching his own commentary,
2: like probably. He's... Oh I got this bit is awesome. I love this oh. part here
3: no it's one of these people eli roth people will bash him but then when a new film comes out they'll go i'm gonna watch it (laughs) it's the same with tarantino i get annoyed by a lot of his arrogance but i still sort of glance at his films now and again
0: absolutely i mean a person like this is what grates me sometimes people can't separate the artist from their Mm -hmm. art you can create something and be a horrible horrible person you know it's like 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 a child being painted with the same brush as their parents you know you're putting this forth into the world but your your mom might be an absolute cunt but yet you grow up to be a wonderful person you know it's like it's like saying that you know um just because you don't like the artist you are definitely never ever going to be open up to their expression of art their film their child their creation whatever way metaphor you want to Put on it um and it's just not the case i mean yes quentin tarantino was an an arrogant and uh very you know self-loving man but why is that a problem for us like yes we don't have to like him but we can still appreciate pulp fiction
3: oh yeah yep i can't stand quentin tarantino the man but reservoir dogs is easily in my top 20 films exactly like same. Um,
0: exactly i've got the same yeah <laughs>
3: Yep. I've got a friend of mine that hates Tom Cruise. Yeah, I'm slowly winning him over, but the reason he hates Tom Cruise and doesn't watch his movies is because Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. I'm like, I don't care what the guy does. I like his movies. And you know what? Scientology is obviously working for Tom Cruise because yeah, he can put no foot wrong.
0: And I mean, Lars von so, yeah. Trier is supposed to be a real shithead of a person. You know, I mean, um, is it, isn't it Roman Polanski? God help me if it's not. I don't want to be bad-mouthing people, but isn't he a pedophile? <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's sort of, yeah, he's on the run from the U.S. because he slept with a 13-year-old back in the 70s. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: So, yeah. But you know what? You know, it doesn't maybe, make Rosemary's you know, Baby a bad film, does it?
0: Exactly. Like, that's the point so, I'm trying to make of me. Um, yeah. Just because I don't necessarily respect Lars von Trier's personal life, it doesn't mean I'm going to stop watching his films. I'm not going to suddenly say that Antichrist isn't one of my favourite horror films. Or that... Um, you know the the fact that I didn't like Melancholia, the fact that I'm not keen on Lars von Trier, doesn't make me hate Melancholia anymore. You know. Yep.
3: So there. So that yeah, that ends Stu's review of the Green Inferno, <laughs> it does sound pretty harsh though. Is it as harsh as it no. sounds, or is it not? not it's as not har- harsh. No. No, that's um, the problem. Kind of sounds
2: like it. No, it, but... it's definitely not. Oh. Uh,
3: so what's next on this wonderful list?
2: Um, the remake of Cabin Fever.
3: Ooh, uh, What do you think of the, fr- the original Cabin Fever? I saw I it in cinema. It. Like, I really liked
2: it. Yeah, I, did. I, I liked what? Cabin Fever. I hated the second one. Didn't like it at all. Uh, but the, 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 I think that was down to the studio and the way they were actually creating it and stuff like that. They messed around with it too much. But yeah, the, this is pretty much a like-for-like remake of um, Eli Roth's Cabin Fever. It oh, is pretty. It, it pretty much um, just shoots the exact same scenes. But it's worse than Eli Ross. I quite like Cabin Fever. But this one is worse because the people who have got the star in it are just bad. They're, they're, they make their, they take, if you had any annoyances with any of the characters in the original, they emphasize the annoyances with the actors who they've chosen for this one. So it makes the annoyances even more stand out. Um, they do a few scenes slightly different, but it is just pretty much exactly the same film. And it, it makes you think, what was the point? Mm. It, just what was the point in doing it? If you make a third cabin, there is a third cabin fever, Cabin Fever Zero. But then um, that's got, oh, what's the actor's name? He was in Sean. Damn it. He was in Goonies and he was in Lord of the Rings and... Sean Aston. Sean Aston, yes. He was in the the third one. And that's there's a few gruesomely nasty scenes in that one. But th- this one just... It felt, felt like I was watching the original Cabin Fever again, but with different actors.
3: Is Eli connected with us in I any way? I don't know.
2: Or I don't think he is. I think uh, it might be. Mind.
3: I'm hoping for more commentaries on the DVD of this one.
2: Yeah.
3: Get like 12 DVD commentaries.
2: Yeah. Um, each one of them allowed to have their own their own commentary. Um, I don't know if he is. I'm just quickly checking on IMDb if he's got any kind of production credit or anything like. Because he's got no writing credit or direction. Oh, he has. He's got originals. It's based on his original screenplay, but that's that, that's obvious. Right. That but yeah, um, he's not a producer on it. He's an executive producer.
3: Right. So he didn't do a lot right, lot other than go. Yes, it's fine by me. Go ahead and remake it.
2: Yeah. It supposedly EP is in the film. Oh. I didn't see that, though. So it shows okay. how much I was paying attention to it. <laughs> yeah, and then finally, another remake, Martyrs.
3: Oh, the one that everybody's nervous about.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you should definitely be it because it's not very good neither.
3: I did read some reviews and they weren't really praising it.
2: No, it just has nothing, like, the feel of the original. It has none of that feel. The, the, that one, the original Martyrs, puts you on edge, just literally on edge. And when things happen in that film, they, they they really smack you in the face so heavy. It feels like you've gone with like 12 rounds with multiple boxers, like one after each other, a boxer comes in and then smacks you across the face. This never ever feels like that. It, it feels like a, an old woman's walking up to you going,
3: hey, sweetie.
2: And that's pretty much it.
3: <laughs> How do you think it's going to go down with people who, A, have never seen Martyrs, the original one, and who just go to cinema and watch like a horror film now and again, like your paranormal activities, etc. Do you think they may enjoy it or are they going to come out going, that kind
2: of sucked? Um,
3: Which is not easy for you to sort of say because you're, fam- you're familiar with the original Martyrs and you watch more horror films than anybody.
2: But it, it, it is that when you hear people going to see a remake of something and they've never seen the original, alarm bells start to ring, especially if you have an attachment to the original because you're, you're saying to yourself, please don't go in to see that one, just watch the original. And then when they do go and see that one, um, they might be reluctant to watch the original. So yep. it, it's just, it's it's annoying. Um, they don't change much about the film at all. And just, it, it feels like they emphasize the stupid ideas that they have in the original. So when, when you see a don't run back in that room or don't do that in the original, they actually do that in the remake of it and they emphasize it more so and so. The, the things that they, they do is just even more stupid and the characters feel even more in, inept in this one when she does climb uh, down the ladder um into the basement area to discover these cells you think of these are no you stupid idiots you shouldn't have done that and you don't do that in the original whereas in this one you definitely do that it's yeah it's it's not very good and the scene, the the controversial scene in Martyrs. This, I'm not going to spoil it for people because if you've not seen it, it it's definitely it takes your breath away when you do see it. It's so tame in this one because they don't go far enough with it. They, they,
3: is this the, is this the sort of climactic? Yeah. So yeah. They, yep. they, they,
2: that's so hard to watch that scene, but you can't take your eyes away from it. In this one, mm. you just watching it and go "You've tamed it down. You, you've really badly tamed it down." And so it, it doesn't work for the film and then they change it a little bit. And so, again, when the, the thing that they change with it sort of like harms the film rather than helps the movie. So, yeah, it, it's, I didn't like the remake of Martyrs. I just watched it because I did really like the original Martyrs. I didn't like this one.
3: Did you think that there was a possibility that it might be a really good remake or did you go into it thinking this is probably going to suck? There's
2: always a chance. You can always go into something and think this is going to suck and then be surprised by it. So there, are, there is always a chance that that can happen. And so it, in a way it lowers your expectations of, of it if you go in there and think this movie's going to suck. And then yep. it, it, at least it gives you the opportunity of maybe coming out and going, you know what, I was wrong with that. That didn't suck as much um, unfortunately it didn't work with me with things like Spectre I walked in and thought this film's going to suck and then walked out of it and went yep that did suck oh poor old Spectre so, which is out tomorrow yeah and I'm re-reviewing it tomorrow so <laughs> that, that's, that's brilliant but in a way you can walk into a film and um, and watch it and think this is this is going to suck and then you walk out of it and go you know what that was actually surprisingly good so it, it does happen very rare it does yeah. happen but yeah it, it does happen Like The Gift, for example. I read the the synopsis for The Gift and thought, this is going to just be a bog-standard, straightforward thriller movie. And then I walked out and thought, that was really well acted, very well written, very well directed, and it surprised me. And it's nice to feel that. It's very rare that it happens, but it's nice to feel that.
3: I actually got the same sort of response when I watched Pixels the other week. I thought, this is going to be a really big pile of shite, but I actually quite enjoyed it and made me laugh.
2: And I thought so, it was a big pile
3: of shite. So. <laughs> yeah, pretty much everybody on planet Earth, I think, hates that film. No, I enjoyed me, it. I loved I it. Love I thought it was funny, it was nostalgic, and yeah, it was cool. I
2: liked no, it. I didn't, so, but, yeah. I'm
3: glad you liked it as well, Lauren. It's not just like me and Annette that enjoyed it, and everybody else hated
2: that film. It was just daft. But it wasn't because of the fact that I was tarnished by everybody else's thoughts about the film. It was just I didn't like it. Uh, I wasn't following like a sheep just because it was an Adam Sandler film because there, there is going to be another day where does another Punch Drunk Love. There is definitely going to be another day where he just uh, subverts people's opinions of him. Um, one of the big examples for me is Kristen Stewart. The, the, I used to not like her as an actress, but the last few films that she's been in, she's changed my mind about her. And she she has definitely come front and center and become a, a fantastic actress because she's choosing a, the role smartly now. Um, I, I've the uh, Melissa McCarthy for example. I, I I've got I've got that urge I've got that feeling that she is going to create a, a really good interesting movie. And Saint yeah. Vincent was one of them. She was very close to it in Saint Vincent, and she showed that she can do drama, and releasing other films after that like Spy. And the boss, which has come out as well. It, it's just good. Oh, you've just gone and took a couple of steps back again.
3: Oh, Spy was funny. I, she was great in that.
2: I didn't think so. But it, it just yeah. feels like that. And there is that you want to go, please do another St. Vincent movie. Just please do try something different again. Because I know. But the
3: problem The problem is that nobody watched St. Vincent. Which That's is
2: annoying problem. because it showed <laughs> that she can do something else different. And so I th- I've i got a feeling Adam Sandler is going to do that again. He's going to do a movie where he's going to step away from these uh, ridiculous sixes and pixels and um, the cobbler and do another Punch Drunk Love, which I-, I hope that he does do that. Because it's nice to feel a different opinion about somebody who you don't like. It's, again, directed, going back to the Eli Roth thing in directors and, um, and and all that kind of stuff. It's nice to feel when you watch a film from a director you don't like and go, actually, that was really good, or it wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. Yep. So, cool. Yeah, Uwe Boll did that with Rampage. I hear, yeah. I hear most of his films, but Rampage is quite watchable.
3: I agree, yep.
2: So That's
3: it, pretty cool. it can happen. It can't, it just doesn't happen very often. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Pixels and Adam Sandler get mentioned on a horror podcast. Many would say that is actually horror. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So anybody watched anything else? We've just tore through this list. That's it. We've done quite well. That's pretty much it, isn't it? Anybody got anything planned to watch? Anything exciting coming out, Stu? Horror um,
2: related. Um, <laughs> he sees good and he says bon tomorrow. Yeah. You know my thoughts about that. I'm reviewing that tomorrow oh. night. Uh, yeah, I know I didn't like it as much as you did. Um I'm looking over the, my list for the next few weeks of what I've got to go and see. I've got to go and see London has fallen when that comes out in a couple of weeks' time. Um a horror film I'm looking forward to, Other Side of the Door. That comes out in a few weeks' time as well.
3: Okay. What's that about?
2: Um it's a supernatural horror movie. It's one of those ones where I watch the trailer and it gets spoiled. <laughs> pretty much. But ah. the, the trailer actually does look interesting. It's got the kind of rough cut, fast motion of like the evil dead the remake of the evil dead the Freddy Elvarez one he's got a new film coming out as well which is supposed to be pretty decent um yeah and so the, this good night mommy which i'm reviewing in a few weeks time i finally get to fully review that one Scout's guide to the zombie you apocalypse what are
1: you yeah i
2: have think? good night mommy it's is- it's an interesting film but it's not as creepy as the um the trailer makes it out to be
0: no but, it- but that's the thing the trailer sells it as this real hardcore horror film but um in actuality, it's really just a drama at best, but it did get under my skin a little bit because I do have a lot of mommy issues myself. And then um, it just, it hit me in certain ways that creeped me out a little bit, but I don't imagine it would have that level of success with every single viewer that watches it. Yeah. especially With like a really fucking, you know, falsely advertised trailer such as that because it made it look amazingly scary and suspenseful and really really intense and it wasn't that at all
2: the one who plays okay. the lead role in it, the one who plays the mommy she's actually really good she's got uh, her mannerisms and the way she actually moves is is very very creepy yeah but yeah that's out in a few weeks time in the cinema that's it good good
3: i picked up on dvd the other day not watched it yet all cheerleaders die so I finally
2: yeah.
3: got finally got around to picking that one up, but I've not watched it yet. So too many films, not enough time.
2: Exactly, I know that feeling. Yeah,
3: how many films are you on for the years? Do you any idea?
2: I've, I I laxed a little bit because of the fact that yeah. too much work, too much gym, all that kind of stuff. So I think I'm only on like thirty five.
3: That's not bad going. I'm only on about fifty one, and I don't go to the gym, and you know I work at home. So yay. But I did spend about three weeks trying to get Comic-Con tickets online, staring at a blue circle going around But bit mind mind, mm. so I could have watched a few films while I yeah. was doing well, that. Well,
2: I've got a week, um, like 10 days off work, and about a week's not a week and a half time, so uh-huh. I'll catch up then. I've got a few films uh-huh. I need to catch up, Oscar-related ones.
3: Yep. Uh, Cops and Monsters say thank you for donating, by the way. I know. They're yep. much appreciated. They've done really well on Kickstarter, so that's good. I think they are on like eleven hundred at the minute, which is all right.
2: Yep.
3: So episode four will definitely get shot. Awesome. With Sophie Aldred from Doctor
2: Who fame. That's one She's of the reasons cast. why I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I grew up watching Sophie Aldred stuff. So. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why. As soon as I saw her name, ooh, I have to. And then I donated ten pounds so for the sign script thing. It's nice to always have something like that, isn't it? A sign script.
3: Oh hell yeah! I'll get them to personalize it to you as well. Awesome. So. So when Fraser phoned me up and he's like, just cast Sophie Aldred, I'm like, Give you wish. And sure enough, he had actually cast Sophie Aldred. So
2: turned quite uh, I, no offense, Lauren, but he turned quite Irish there. Give you wish. Yeah. Well, it wasn't on purpose. I know. Just, <laughs> <laughs> never
3: do that. Um so yeah, anything you've got lined up to watch, Lauren?
0: Um, I'm gonna definitely check out the Murder's remake, more so to satisfy my curiosity, if nothing else. And uh, I really want to get around to watching *Crimson Peak* finally because I missed oh, it at cinema, that movie. and I know what's like and everything now. So
2: I'm eager to see uh, to hear what you think of it because it's just the way you get opulence and that that kind of thing when it comes to to films. The way you'll look at it, the fact that you will instantly see it as a gothic fairy tale rather yeah. than like your straightforward horror movies. Because that's where I saw it. I saw it as a, a gothic fairy tale, and I love that movie. Yeah, Andy, who I the show I'm with
0: I, I know I'm gonna love it, but um, I just haven't got round to it yet. Simple as that. So hopefully I have that watched. Yeah, Andy. What, what what
2: did Andy think? He didn't like it that much, which annoyed the Why? hell out of me because I think he saw <laughs> the film in a different light.
0: It definitely divided people.
2: So I'm glad though that it divided people, but I I I, lo- I loved it. I loved the performances and I loved the look and style and all that kind of stuff with it.
3: Well, we can have a good old chat about that on the next show, because I've got it on Blu-ray as well, but I've not managed to watch it yet. So hopefully by the next show, we'll all have watched Crimson Peak. Stu, you're obviously winning, because you've seen it already. Yep. So. Hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good, good. Um, and Stu, you, you've got something to entertain us.
2: Yeah, a quiz. do you call my quizzes entertaining?
3: Well... <laughs> sometimes yeah yeah well, you know, in a charitable sort of way
2: i think this is the only part that i think jake must actually fast forward through the entire podcast and get to the quiz and go i want to do the quiz first and then listen to the rest of the podcast
3: hey, you're probably right
2: actually we might have to he switch it around and do it. the quiz right at the start
3: i just re-edit it and put the quiz right at the beginning. yeah why not jiggle it around a bit
2: yeah but it's yeah. trying to think up quizzes every single month it's getting your brain intact so yeah that I, I don't mind doing it. it it's always interesting to actually create something which I'll uh, send off the show with. And it seems like a a stable part of the show now, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, and it makes me look daft, which is always a good thing to do. So (laughs) that's all right. Yeah,
2: so in this case, it's a different... I've never done this one before, which is always fun, isn't it? Attempting something different. But uh, it's with the help of IMDb. This is a nice place to actually go to.
3: Is it an Eli Roth quiz? Because no, we know how much you love him.
2: No. What I will do is I will read... In On IMDb, you have the synopsis of the film, like the short little blurb right at the start beside the film itself. So I'll just read you that from a certain film. You've just got to tell me what film it's from. It's that simple. So you know when you get like the four or five little lines of dialogue to say yeah. what it's, it's about. So I have started off with a very, very simple one just to... <laughs> give you a feel of it, and they do get brutal. When the last, <laughs> I would say two, if you do manage to get, maybe even the last three, especially the last two, I will be really surprised. Especially the last one, because that is nasty. I was actually going to thinking how harsh should I go? And I was going to go into territories that would make you hate me. But, <laughs> it's quite easy that, but I thought, no. I was going to go into, like, anime and manga territory, but then you it's get new...
3: No, forget it. We'd be here so, yeah. all
2: night. Yeah, so the first one is, the commercial vessel Nostromo receives a distress call from an unexplored planet. After searching for survivors, the crew heads home, only to realize that a deadly bioform has joined them. Come on, Jake, you know this one.
0: Do we just yeah. have to guess the film? Sorry, yeah, just
2: guess the film. Just name the film. Yeah, alien. alien. Yeah. yeah, so that, that's an easy one just to get you started. Yeah, go so, on you want to keep it like that from now on? Yeah.
3: How, how are we going to work it? Are we just going to chip in as soon as we know what it is? Yeah. Or just let me
2: finish uh, reading what the little description is, and then you see what it is at the end of the little description. Okay. So the next one. After moving to a new town, two brothers discover that the area is a haven for vampires. Well,
0: oh, we have to wait. Lost Boys? Or are you done? Lost Boys?
2: Yeah, yeah Lost Boys.
3: From, oh, I was going to say from Dust till dawn, kind of. <laughs> so it kind of fits in as well. But no, yeah, Lost Boys. I love that movie.
2: Next one, number three. Two strangers awaken in a room with no recollection of how they got there or why. Uh-huh. And soon they discover they are pawns in a deadly game uh, perpetrated by a notorious serial killer.
3: <gasps> Celebrity Big Brother.
2: You wish. Saw. <laughs> so. It is sore indeed. Mm-hmm. The fourth one. Behind a young family's home. In Maine is a terrible secret that holds the power of life after death. When tragedy strikes, the threat of that power soon becomes undeniable.
0: No idea. Um, Say it again. Uh, Say the start of it again.
2: Behind a young family's home in Maine is a terrible secret that holds the power of life after death. When tragedy strikes, the threat of that power soon becomes undeniable.
3: Sounds like a Stephen King one, because it's Maine, but never mind. I don't
2: know it. You're in the right area. Mm. Think Stephen King, because it is a Stephen King one.
0: Oh, it's Pet Cemetery.
2: Pet Cemetery.
3: Oh, good film. I like that. Second one's not so good.
2: But... Yeah. Um, the fifth one. A routine military exercise turns into a nightmare in the Scotland wilderness. Dog soldiers. It's dog soldiers. soldiers. It is
1: dog soldiers. That one's easy. Yeah.
2: I'm mixing it up a little bit. Yeah. Sixth one. A young couple staying in an isolated vacation home are terrorised by three unknown assailants.
3: Why am I thinking white settlers?
0: I was thinking Eden Lake.
2: No. But you're oh. on the sort of like right track with Eden Lake.
3: Hmm. It's not a French one, them, is it? No, no not that's
0: because it's in a house. Um... Yeah. um Oh, oh, um, oh! Fuck! What's it called? Because um, there's the remake of it, and um,
2: there's a sequel coming movie. out this year.
3: Last house in the left. No,
2: no. there's a sequel of it coming out this year.
0: Fucking, fucking, fucking! The the thing with the dude and the eggs and the, the phone and um, ach, shit! What's that called? Um,
3: I have no idea.
0: You know, whenever it starts in the car and they're playing um. Violin music and the wee kids in the back. Oh, shit. Uh, is this anywhere near right, Stu, or am I just making... I will give of you it?
2: the actors who were in it. Scott Speedman, Liv Tyler. Oh, The Strangers. strangers.
0: All right, no, yes. well, I was not thinking of that. What the fuck no. was I thinking of? Um, I can't think of the name even now.
3: Is The Strangers any good?
0: Yeah. No, I hated it. A lot of people oh. love it. It's really highly mm. acclaimed to a lot of people, but I just did not like it. I liked it. I've given it a couple of chances too, um, and I really wanted to like it, but I just I, there's something about it. It's up there with Cloverfield for me. I just no matter how hard I try, I just can't like it.
2: Oh no! Well, we know two films that uh, Lauren's not going to see this year, then.
3: <laughs> yeah, Stranger's Two and Cloverfield.
2: Ten Cloverfield Lane.
0: Oh, I'm definitely yeah. going to see Ten Cloverfield Lane. I talked about it on the last podcast about how excited I was for it. Uh, next one, then number
2: seven. A woman goes in search for her daughter within the confines of a strange, desolate town.
0: Silent Hill.
2: Yes. Well done. That one was actually quite difficult. If you read it, just, like, look at it. Just skim across it. It's actually quite difficult, that one. And This is where it gets hard. Um, Number eight. When a group of misfits are hired by an unknown third party to burglarize a desolated house and acquire a rare item... They discover more than they bargained for. VHS. Exactly, VHS. Ah, uh, not seen that one. Never mind of them. Wow, well done. There are
3: three <laughs> Just v- doing
1: it's, good.
3: it's always good when you get it and you've not seen there it.
2: There are three VHS, VHS films: VHS, VHS two, and VHS viral. Viral is not very good. VHS two is bloody amazing. I, I really, really, really like VHS two. Apart from the sort of like segments in between. <laughs> the little film bits, but definitely watch VHS 2 for the next show. Um, number nine. Two teenage couples travel across the backwoods of Texas searching for urban legends of murder, end up prisoners of a bizarre and sadistic backwater family of serial killers.
3: Texas Chainsaw. This
2: isn't yeah, the remake. Nope. No? Hmm. Um, I don't know.
0: Um, say it again. It does sound very familiar.
2: Two teenage couples traveling across the backwoods of Texas searching for urban legends of murder end up as prisoners of a bizarre and sadistic backwater family of s- serial killers. No, I um, don't know that one. We've spoken about this guy briefly on this podcast. Just briefly, though, so it's not Eli Roth. <laughs>
0: no. It's not... House of a Thousand Corpses. It's it? House
2: of a Thousand Corpses. Damn, I like that film. Yeah, and the final one: a mother and daughter, still wounded from a bit of custody dispute, haul up in a rundown apartment building, adding further drama to their plight. They are targeted by the ghost of a former resident.
3: Ooh, that sounds quite good, actually. So, if I've not seen it, I might want to watch that one. Is the film any good?
2: Yeah. I remember.
0: Of. I can't think of a name, but I remember hearing about this and wanting to watch it. But I haven't seen. I know I haven't seen it yet. Um, um. Go on, say it one more time.
2: A mother and daughter, still wounded from a bitter custody dispute, hole up in a rundown apartment building. Adding further drama to their plight, they are targeted by the ghosts of former residents.
0: Fuck. Um, it sounds really familiar, but I can't place it.
2: I can give you the actress who was in it. Go on then. Uh, Jennifer Connelly.
0: No, I don't know.
2: I it's was a thinking along
0: the lines of um, enough or Housebound or Panic Room, but no, I can't.
3: It's not like The Eye or something
2: like it's that. It's a remake, and you're in the right territory. Um.
0: Mm. Oh, no I can't think have to give up on that one
2: Dark Water Dark Water
3: yeah I've not seen that one Woohoo! I was, just, I was scanning down in my brain all the Jennifer
2: Connelly films yeah, Dark Water <sighs> hmm. so that's oh, it that's and uh, overall winner was Lauren yeah she got oh, six I'll probably got
3: like three four well that'll do I don't know how many Jake got he'll have to tell me yep. if he uh, makes it to the quiz
2: yep. so there we go and you said yep. that you're doing one for next month's show aren't you
3: I am, because Stu's like, oh, it's exhausting doing all these quizzes. So I'm like, well, I'll do one
2: next once. It's fine. Okay. I don't mind. And then we'll have to get Lauren to actually do one as well.
0: Yeah, funny enough, I did uh, not so much a quiz, but I was sad doing my notes earlier on. And I thought, you know what, the guys are always saying about how I never do quizzes. And um, I thought, right, if Stu doesn't have a quiz, I'll ask them this. But um, it's only What one. did you
2: have then? I'm, oh, you could do it yeah. anyway.
0: Oh, well, we're running on late for time. I don't want to bug anyone. No, no, no,
2: no, no.
3: Go for it. My
0: question was going to be, um, what in all of the horror films you've ever seen would you say is the saddest moment? Like, what scene just cut you to the bone?
2: I might have to go spoilers.
3: Yeah, I'm going spoilers on a film from the 60s, so, you know, I'm okay on that.
0: Yeah. Go ahead then, Stuart.
3: Mine would be from Night of the Living Dead, A very climactic shot where bang, guy gets shot in the head and it's just like, Oh come on, you've just survived this onslaught of zombies and crazy people in a house and some redneck just shot you in the head. That is just it's one of the most depressing um moments. So any film that ends with one of these sort of sucker punches to you, things like Eden Lake, like, oh come on, yeah,
0: like funny you said that I was thinking of Eden Lake there as well as you were saying that, and uh, even the ending of is your new favorite film.
3: Oh yeah.
0: Um and Stir or sorry, Stu, what's yours?
2: Um, it's when Ophelia dies in Pan's Labyrinth.
0: Yes, funny enough, I was looking up lists. That, that, um,
2: yeah.
0: And yeah. that was the top one as well.
2: That really, really hit me. It it hit me really hard as well. It's just the way she does die in in that film. Um, That's got a Metascore. I've just checked that of 98. Wow. Pan's Labyrinth. I adore Pan's Labyrinth, um, but yeah, that scene is every single time I watch the film, it's really hard to watch. Yeah. It does. It just absolutely sucker punches you, no matter how many times you've seen it yeah it has to be that that scene in pan's labyrinth
0: definitely good choices well mine um was gonna be the mist ending of the mist oh oh, jesus oh yeah
3: exactly was
0: absolutely brutal i remember sleeping very very little that night um it, was, it just shook me to the bone. I remember actually, because when, whenever I came out, I think it was, um, I must have been around 16, 17, I don't know. And I uh, had a lot of people round for one of my DVD nights and we were all huddled up on the floor Um watching this film and then, like, thinking, God, this is really awesome, and then it ends, and I remember standing at my front door, hugging all of these people goodbye, because it was, like, two or three in the morning, and all of us just being, like, dude, (laughs) I'm so sorry we had to watch that. Like, go home and watch some fucking Disney before you go to
2: sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And then, by accident, they put on Bambi. Oh, God, no, no, no.
0: Jeez, yeah. And then, also, um, a bit of a funny one, because I I thought of this earlier, and, actually, in my notes, I, I wrote... Alien Resurrection, and I actually have written underneath it saying, yes, fuck you Alien Resurrection, because whenever she kills the baby xenomorph yeah. at the yeah. end, with the hole in the window, I That's can never, I will never not cry never, well, it breaks my heart it breaks
3: it's all go. it's all in the alien's eye isn't well, it, it? You just it, look at it no? like,
0: oh, the noises, and the noises and how long it drags out, and just holy shit, it is so so sad that's the closest to maternal instincts I will ever get. That and my cat.
3: <laughs> it's crazy how sort we of get attached to things that aren't real, like xenomorphs, or you know, when King Kong falls off the building, you're like, oh god, this is awful.
2: So yeah, any any movie that involves an animal getting killed near the end of it or whatever, like Old Yellow or something like that, you, I can't yeah. watch it. Yeah, it yeah. just reminds me of when I've had pets or even in the weird Koj. He's gone on mm-hmm. a murderous rampage like that, but you, you still sort of like, oh, you poor thing
3: Yeah, it's not Cujo's fault. It's rabies. It's uh-huh. a disease. and you know, it's... Got Rabies. Why have they not remade Cujo? Like, they could do so much
2: with that one, I think, nowadays. They, they could, did. Uh... They, they sort of, like, did a... It, it wasn't, like, a remake of Cujo at all, but didn't they do a movie with uh, Michelle Rodriguez in it?
0: Yeah. Uh, Breed, I think, Breed.
2: it or something like that. Uh, yeah, so that, that was about dogs that were experimented on. Yeah.
0: Remember.
2: yeah. I remember. But, uh,
3: good choice with Raze, by the way, Lauren.
0: Yeah.
3: I'd forgot about that, but that's good. Yeah. You need to get that watched before next That's mine
2: then. So yours is VHS 2 and Crimson Peak and mine's Raze. Yep. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, I'll give it a watch. I know I said I would do that for this one, but yeah i had no time and especially considering the films that i did watch and then i saw martyrs there and then i saw uh, Ca- um cavern fever there and the green inferno and got distracted by watching them more i've got a uh, there was a film i was supposed to actually talk about but i haven't watched it in time is that nina forever so i've yes, been hearing good i th-
0: to watch it i'm hearing yeah, so many things
2: i'm reviewing it on my show tomorrow night um and so i need to watch it for tomorrow night but i just didn't have enough time to watch it did you so I've got that. I've got that to watch for the next show. So yeah, I, I like the look of it.
3: I did watch a theater performance of Misery while I was in New York, which was amazing. So it was Bruce Willis and Laurie Metcalf who plays Sheldon's mom in The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. They were performing
2: Misery, and it was
3: a, it was kind of cool to be in the same room as Bruce Willis watching him do the Misery thing. But it was a really good adaptation of the movie.
2: B, you just wanted to board stand board. up and say, "Do some John McLean, okay, no."
3: yeah cop out socks where's yeah. sheldon <laughs> i think i probably would have got chucked out of but no it was, it was pretty awesome so that was all right so that's kind of horror related so complete with leg hobbling mm-hmm. so that was all right but uh other than that i'm just going to spend a week trying to catch up on all the stuff um that i need to watch so including crimson peak yep so there you go um but yeah, it was nice to hear Pollyanna asking Lauren about vlogging and doing all that sort of stuff. So that was cool. Get back into it, Lauren. Make some more vlogs. They're awesome. They're missed. Yeah. Will hey. do.
0: More
2: <laughs> photography. Yes.
0: Yeah, I'm slowly coming back to it all. I, um, I don't know if it was just before the last podcast or just after it, but um, I tried my hand at doing um, an ASMR video. Um, which, of course, the whole point is kind of to relax people and cool people down, like if they, especially if they have anxiety or depression or trouble sleeping, um, the general mannerism of ASMR it, it triggers a response in your body to just basically relax the shit out of you. And it's wonderful, and it's really helped me. So I chanced my arm at it. And I think it's really good. It's just a matter of getting it edited because um, I was working off the sound of one camera, and uh, I was never very good at sound editing to begin with, but having to get it so that the room is pure silence with just my whispering voice, it's quite difficult. So yes. it's a work in progress. But I'm getting there slowly. Cool.
2: But it's the photography I want to see more because it's sort of like a peek into your soul or the mood that you're in when you actually do take photographs of stuff.
0: Oh, it definitely so is. Yeah. It's always well, interesting to look at. Yeah, thank you, because I mean, it really means a lot, because it's nice to know that it is not only missed by people like yourself, but also that you see the sort of things that I try to capture, or like, mm-hmm. um, be a sort of odd skewed view that I...
2: That's why you I think you would absolutely love um, *Crimson Peak* because it, it's if you love look if you watch a film like *A Pan's Labyrinth* or something like that and watch it for the film, but also see if the way the, hot, the art style, the sort like the cinematography, the way just the wallpaper looks on a wall or just something like that, you, mm-hmm. you see that in the film, you latch onto that and you think that's a character as well as the actors on the screen definitely and that that's yeah. the way i see your photography at the way you look the way you take a picture of a, an item you can see its heartbeat in a way
0: oh thank, well, so thank you very much that's very you look
2: i think you'll look at that on on like crimson peak as well yeah. i'm
0: definitely i'll have it watched for the next time absolutely i keep meaning to watch it but now I'll ha- i have more reason to so we'll get talking more about it next time
3: awesome fantastic and everybody say hi to Lauren on Twitter at Scream Queen LR. Mm-hmm. Say hello. And uh, you know sing Eli Roth's praises to Stu Miller at Cryptic Tadpole. And uh, yeah, everybody knows where I am anyway. Because I'm kind of living on Twitter and polluting Twitter with rants and rapes and general tweets. Yep. So thank you very much guys for taking the time out to give me a catch up on horror movies. Not a problem. And enjoy your week.
2: Well, I'll try to.
3: Do, do it. Make it so.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: Spectre's out tomorrow. You can watch it. Again. No
2: chance. No chance.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll chat to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Take care.
1: Bye. <laughs>
3: By law, See terms and conditions 18 plus.